Okay, so today we're going to look at some more HR indoctrination videos. Many of you are, are personally familiar with this kind of thing. You've perhaps had to endure them yourself. Um, I don't have to endure them, but I choose to for your sake. I do this in order to suffer alongside you. This is how compassionate I am. Uh, and also I do it for YouTube views. So it's, it's a win-win. It's sort of like it's 50-50, both of them. Anyway, this, is, this one's from a company called EJ4 which puts these kinds of videos together and they distribute them to all sorts of other um, companies that they do in their HR uh, uh, training sessions slash brainwashing sessions. And they've worked with such notable corporations as Pepsi, Medieval Times, Krispy Kreme, and uh, plenty of others. So without further ado, let's, let's take a look. Maybe you've seen this graphic floating around the internet. It was designed by Andrew M. Ibrahim, and he gives Ibram X. Kendi and other modern anti-racism writers credit for many of the ideas within the graphic. I want to give you a quick overview of it because it's a useful tool. And then I want to show you a similar graphic we made that focuses on an anti-racism continuum for the workplace. So let's get into Dr. Ibrahim's graphic real quick. This graphic is broken down into three phases. As a person on a journey towards becoming anti-racist, you fall somewhere within this continuum. Ibrahim breaks this continuum into three main groups. The fear zone, the learning zone, and the growth zone. Okay, so what does any of this have to do with donuts? Mm. Racist donut. I mean, why should an employee at Krispy Kreme, for example, need to know any of this. I mean, I say no as if this is real information, as if there's anything, as if this is anything other than contrived cultish nonsense, but uh, maybe no isn't the right word, but the point is you're, you're, you're an employee at Krispy Kreme. Back at it again at Krispy Kreme. You make donuts for a living. You don't even make them, actually. You just watch them on a conveyor belt, and then they come out, and they're delicious for the first 60 seconds that they come out, and then they're inedible thereafter. And that's your job. Why do you need to be anti-racist to do that job? Maybe we'll find out. Let's, uh, let's keep watching. You can see that in the fear zone, we're either denying that racism is a problem, or we're not interested in or willing to take action to combat it. That is a comfortable space for people with race privilege. Okay, um, so I guess I'm in the fear zone? I, I guess I am. It's weird because I don't feel afraid, but... No, be afraid. Yeah, I do deny that anti-black racism is a big problem in society. I deny that it's... I deny that. I deny that it's a big problem. I think it's it's one of the of the lesser significant problems, actually. I think there's very little of it in reality, in this country anyway, in modern times. And all of our, cons- and all of our cultural institutions are dedicated to elevating racial minorities, often at the expense of white people. So yes... Um, I deny the pre- the premise. As far as not being interested, yeah, again, I'm I'm not really interested in what this woman has to say. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what any race cultist or critical race theorist thinks. Deny, don't care. That's me. But rather than engaging with those viewpoints, of course, the strategy here is always to label them. It's never to engage. It never is. It's always, the the strategy is always simply to label. We're going to slap a label on that and put it in a box. And in this case, we're just going to call that fear. Let's, uh, Let's continue. People sometimes get offended by that term, race privilege. So let me quickly define it to ease any defensive feelings toward that. 
Someone's ability to be in the fear zone means that their life is not negatively impacted by the color of their skin. It's not saying that their life is easy, that they've not had to work hard, and it doesn't negate struggles. It simply means that their life is not negatively impacted by the color of their skin. That's race privilege. And it's important to know not everyone has that luxury. Not everyone has that luxury. I mean, that's that's true. Um, so what what people don't have that luxury, let's let's think about that. Affirmative action is actual real life systemic discrimination, ex- explicitly set against white people. That's that's what it is. Also, as a white person, you're constantly berated as racist and forced to endorse stuff like this. You're cast as society's villains. So yeah, your life can be negatively impacted by the color of your skin as a white person. So who has the race privilege exactly? If you're ready to move out of the fear zone, then you start to do some of these things in the learning zone. Asking questions, reading books, evaluating your privilege, listening to people who look different than you. And guess what? Some of the things in this learning zone are going to be shocking and upsetting and uncomfortable because you'll learn that things you hoped weren't true, in fact, are true. The learning zone. We're in the learning zone. Uh, you know, I, I just like, I, I love the condescending nature to it. Like we're in a, we're in a kindergarten class now. And these are all, these are adults at a, you know, probably they're, they're working for a living at a company and being condescended to in this way. Okay, kids, we're in the learning zone now. Let me put you in the learning zone, lady. Want to learn something so- shocking here? Um, you're full of shit. That might be a surprising factoid for you. I know. And by the way, I'm I'm still waiting until this circles back around to donuts or to, to anything that would be helpful or necessary for someone working at Pepsi or Krispy Kreme or medieval times. Well, thanks to you, Fair Winch. One of these companies to actually know in order to do their job. But things are going to get, things get, so we've started annoying and irritating and now things are going to take a, a darker turn and get, and get, and get pretty, um, pretty disturbing. Let's, let's keep going. Now, when you start to learn about and get shocked by the experiences of others, then hopefully you become motivated to push yourself into the growth zone. You start to speak out. You promote and advocate for policies that are anti-racist, and you yield your power to marginalized groups. There, you see how she sneaks that in there? You, she just sneaks it right in. Yield your power to marginalized groups. Hey, nothing to worry about. You know, it's no big deal. Just give up your status and position that you've achieved through hard work and effort and hand it over to some other random person based purely on the color of their skin. No no big deal. Don't freak out about it. We're just telling you to be a whimpering, submissive, constantly apologizing and flagellating yourself and, and, and gratefully accept your own mistreatment. That's all. Yield your power. They don't, they don't say submit surrender, anything. It's yield your power. Let's continue. The important thing to know here is that in order to move through this journey, to transition from the fear zone to the learning zone to the growth zone, you have to put in work. You have to allow for mental shifts and you have to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Put in work. There it is. Everyone take a drink. In this case, my drink of choice will be uh, gasoline, just to put myself out of my misery. Or, or maybe not, because I think I get the feeling that's exactly what this lady would want me to do. As a white man. As the dreaded white man. The white man! We're going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, this, this video, this goes on forever. 
We're going to go a little bit further ahead and, uh, and see what else we can find. Within this zone, you're complacent working in an organization that excludes people of marginalized groups. You're complacent working in an organization that demonstrates inequity in pay, hiring, and leadership. You intentionally or unintentionally choose to work most closely with people who look like you. You either do not understand or do not believe in the value that diversity brings to an organization, or you make comments or jokes that oppress marginalized groups. This list can continue, but you get the idea. Where to begin? First, she says that you're in the fear zone if you're complacent while working in a company that excludes people of color. No, ma'am, if, if I may assume your gender. It, it's not complacency. It's just that, well, what's the problem? Nobody works in a company like that because no such company exists anywhere in the country, which is a good thing. should celebrate that. There is no company anywhere in the country that excludes people based on the color of their skin, unless we're talking about affirmative action and they're uh, singling out white people and Asians. So there are, there are no companies excluding racial minorities except for Asians, which is, which is an affirmative action policy that the left endorses. Uh, other than that, it's not happening. It doesn't exist. So I am complacent in the face of a non-existent problem. Yeah, I'm complacent in the face of all non-existent problems. I'm very complacent about them. Because they're not, they're, they're just, they're not real. It's a made-up tale. Also, she uses the phrase, um, or she says you're in a fear zone if you don't value, if you don't believe in the value of diversity. Once again, you see, not, not going to bother explaining why diversity matters in and of itself. Not even going to bother explaining it. It's just, if you don't agree with her, it's because you're afraid. I don't believe in the value of diversity in and of itself. I don't see how a company is made better simply through diverse diversity. I, I can see how companies are made better by hiring people who are very good at doing the job. And if diversity is a byproduct of that, then fantastic. And then uh, she uses the phrase comments or jokes that oppress marginalized groups. What is, you know what, I'm going to. Uh, what is the definition, just, just for fun, the dictionary definition of the word oppressed, because it comes up so often. And it, you can only do this, it's like they, they, they've started changing the dictionary defini definitions of things to more align with critical race theory. But as of right now, the dictionary definition of oppress is to keep someone in subservience and hardship, especially by the unjust exercise of authority. So through a joke, you are exercising authority that keeps someone in subservience through a joke. That's the joke. Right. Okay, let's keep going. What are some characteristics that you can work towards that indicate you're moving from the fear zone to the learning zone? Yeah, I don't care. Shut up. Um, we, we, we don't need your homework assignments. Let's skip. We're, what we're going to do is we're going to skip all the way to, because like I said, this goes on. And my God, if you work for one of these companies, you, you probably have to endure. It's like this is a this is a ten or twenty minute video, fifteen minute video, something. Um, and you you probably have to endure a whole battery of these, a whole series of these. I can't even imagine it. But let's skip to the end and see how all of this uh, wraps up. Don't assume that you can speak for a minority group. Not all people of color have the same experience and the same needs. 
Likewise, not all black people have the same experiences or needs. Going further, not all black women have the same experiences and needs. And guess what? Not all black women living in the Midwest between the ages of 40 and 45 with bachelor's degrees have the same experiences or needs. While it might be appropriate for you to speak for a specific person of color in your organization, maybe you're promoting their work or defending them, it's never appropriate for you to speak for an entire group of people, especially one that you're not part of. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes? Oh, I know that. Well, just so you know, not all black people have the same experiences. Uh, obviously? Who are you talking to? Who is this? What, what straw man have you just constructed? Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. My lord, first of all, as was obvious from the start, um, but especially obvious now, and we got in, in that segment there. This is a brainwashing video specifically directed towards white employees. They don't even pretend anymore that this is for everybody. It's very clear there, this is for white people. We are talking to you, whitey, white devil. And just so you know, okay, that is illegal. This is illegal, you know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't have to be. I know that you cannot single out employees based on race and subject them to different treatment based on their race. You can't do that. It is extremely illegal. Second, she says, and this is, this is great. It's just a perfect place to end it because she says, after this whole video, she says, you can't lump all people of one race together and speak for them. That's exactly what she's doing for the whole video. She is lumping all white people together and making a whole series of assumptions, insulting, demeaning, degrading assumptions about them and speaking both to them in a demeaning way, which is problem number one, and also speaking for them because she is saying as a non-white person herself, she said, saying, well, this is what you white people need to do. I, I know what you need. I'll tell you what you need. Doing exactly what she is accusing others of doing. And that is the whole basis of critical race theory. It is demeaning, insulting, horrifying, but it's not going to go anywhere until we start fighting this stuff in court. That's the only way it stops.